In your Bibles, John chapter number six, please. John chapter six. I asked him if he could sing it tonight because it really goes with our message tonight, simply entitled Murmur Not, John chapter six. As you turn there, if you remember, we've been in John six for a few sermons now. We're preaching through the book of John Sunday nights. And Jesus has fed the 5,000. He's gone across the Sea of Galilee. He said he's the bread of life. And they're not believing him. And last week we looked at how God wants all men to be saved. But then as they're listening to him, they are not believing him. And look at their response uh, with their unbelief. In John chapter number 6, verses 41 through 43, we'll look at tonight. And oh, I'm sorry. Does anybody need notes, need an outline? Okay, if you, would you mind, there's a few here, and uh, just keep your hands up as they make their way around. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. But John chapter 6, verse number 41, the Bible says, The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. Lord, I pray that you'd help me as I preach this brief sermon tonight. And I pray that you'd help me not to murmur. I pray that you'd help me to preach the word exactly as you'd have it preached here tonight. I pray, Lord, that you bless the Christmas program here just one week from tonight. Lord, there's been a lot of feedback already that people are eager to come. I pray that the gospel would be presented clearly. You'd bless all the work that's gone into it, Lord, and you would be lifted high and glorified. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so in your notes, the definition of murmur, murmur is to grumble, to complain, to utter complaints in a low, half-articulated voice, to utter sullen discontent. This is one of those words that kind of sounds like what it is. Everybody say it out loud, murmur, murmur. Now, now say it kind of low and over and over again, like murmur, murmur, Keep do it, murmur. Oh, right? It's just, that's what murmuring is. It's right there. And uh, these people here, these Jewish people, listen to Jesus say who he was, and they murmured against him. Now, of course, nothing's ever hid from Jesus. Jesus knew exactly what was going on. But I have two points tonight. Why did they murmur? First of all, number one, they disagreed. They disagreed with what they were hearing. Murmuring is usually thinly wrapped with an air of concern. For example, well, I was just thinking that, well, for the good of all, I don't know about that. But murmuring, when you see the word murmur, it is never good in the Bible. It's never a blessing. It's never beneficial. Murmuring is an expression of doubt, of disbelief. And murmuring is the opposite of faith. In 1 Corinthians 10.10, the Bible says, neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now that verse in 1 Corinthians is talking about the Old Testament history of, of the Jewish people. Somebody said, opinions are like armpits. Some smell better than others, but they all stink. And I don't necessarily agree with that. There are some good opinions. Uh, but, you know, uh, everybody is going to be differing a little bit. We talked this, this morning just briefly about masks. And it's, it, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that thinks exactly like you do about a really current event with no clear answer. And, and that's okay, you know. But eventually, you got to quit. And nobody has. I'm not saying that. But for the sake of the text here. But, you know, murmuring really, really hurts a church. And again, this is not reactive to anything. But murmuring really does. Uh, it, it hurts feelings. Um, Holly's doing a great job. Where is, is Holly here? Oh, hi, Holly. She's doing a great job with the, uh, of course she's here. Uh, Holly's doing a great job with the Christmas program, isn't she? And I haven't heard anything like this, but how hurtful would it be to be like, man, this Christmas program stinks, <laughs> right? But it's not, it's a good Christmas program, but I can't believe it. You know, that, that will be hurtful, right? Murmuring is, is never helpful. It's never beneficial. Um, why did the children of Israel 
think about this, have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years and not go straight away into the promised land as God wanted them to. You know what the, the answer is? Murmuring. They murmured. That was the reason. Uh, go to Numbers 14, if you would, please. Numbers 14. And it, it's worth going because I'm going to point out maybe a few verses. Numbers 14. So in Numbers 13, they went to spy out the land of Canaan. You know, 12 men went to spy on Canaan. 10 were bad and two were good. You know that? Uh, the 10 men, they all saw the same thing, but 10 of the men saw the giants. They said, the land is going to eat us. That's what they literally said here, Numbers 13. It's impossible. We're never going to do it. But two of them saw the same thing, but their soul was magnifying the Lord. Their God was bigger than the giants, and they said, we can do it, Joshua and Caleb. Look at Numbers 13, just for context here. I think it's worth it. Um, Let's see. Look at verse 26 in Numbers 13. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came into the land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, he said, it's good. The promised land, the land that God has told us to conquer, it's good. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled. And very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. But Caleb, look at the difference in verse 30. Caleb stilled the people or said, calm down, calm down, before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, you, you get Caleb's confidence here. It's inspiring, isn't it? He said, let's go right now. Why are we even talking? God, God said, this is the land. We looked at it. We got a battle plan. Let's go. But look at verse 31. The men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched under the children of Israel saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight, murmuring. And their murmuring was contagious. Look at the next verse, chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And look at verse 2. And the children of Israel, what's that next word? Murmured. They murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, uh, would God we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? Not good, right? Their, their, their strength, their courage was gone from them, and what was the one reason? They didn't see the land, murmuring was complaining, fighting against God's plan, murmuring. Murmuring is never, ever good. Uh, if you look through, um, actually, I don't want to read the whole chapter for sake of time, but, but basically, God said, all right, enough. Here's what I'm gonna do, Moses. I'm gonna wipe them out, and then I'm gonna make, I'm gonna fulfill my promise, make Israel a great nation through you. And, and Moses said, no, 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 you don't want to do that. And he prayed. And then God said, okay, all right, you're right. I'll, that's fine. That's fine. I'll do that. And, and, um, and he said, but here's the thing. My plan is going to go forward regardless. Now, let me say this. If you notice when murmuring happens in the Bible, God's plan marches on with or without you. Uh, go, you know, God has a will. God has a plan. This is God's church. Isn't that great? This is God's church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's, it's nobody's church. Uh, I know pastor means shepherd. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. Jesus Christ is in charge of this church, 100% holy and completely. And, you know, God's got a work to do, uh, and it's going to march on whether or not you're on board. And these guys didn't want to do what God wanted them to do. And so you know what God said? He said, fine, 
for 40 years, and you can read it later, Numbers 13 and 14, it's very readable. 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness. Everybody, every man, 20 years old and older, is going to die in the wilderness. Not one single adult, that's who an adult was in Old Testament, 20 and older, not one single adult is going to be able to go into that promised land except for Caleb and Joshua. Why? Look at verse number 24 of chapter 14. Numbers 14, 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit within him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went and his seed shall possess it. Caleb was another spirit kind of guy. You got the murmurers and then you've got another spirit. I want to be another spirit kind of guy. Don't you, lady? Another spirit. There's people that murmur, murmur, and then we need somebody who in a group of murmurs stand up and say, well, you know what? Praise the Lord. God is good, though, in this area. It just shut them right up. I promise you, okay? Somebody starts criticizing somebody to you. You start saying something good about them. Like, you know, that person stinks. Yeah, but their teeth sure are straight, aren't they? Or whatever you need to say, you know? Uh, But it'll really really knock them down. And, And murmuring does not please the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about blind optimism, like everything is fine, everything is awesome, like the Lego movie. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a confidence in what God is doing and what God can do. You know, Caleb wasn't confident in himself. He was confident in his God. He said, we be well, not just we're able, we be well able to possess it. Yeah, we're like grasshoppers. Yeah, the land eats the inhabitants, whatever that means, uh, but we can do it. Why? Because God told us to do it right? And you might think you can't do whatever God's got in front of you, or, or there's always a problem that you feel like you need to murmur, murmur, murmur about, but don't do that. There is so much more. I love that song. I want him to sing it tonight because it goes with this message. For us to murmur, we're forgetting about a lot of stuff. We're forgetting about what we deserve and what we have, you know? If, uh, let me get to number two, okay? I don't, for sake of time. Number two, they took Jesus for granted. That leads me to number two. Number one, they, di- they disagreed. Number two, they took Jesus for granted. Go back to John. John chapter 6, verse 41 again, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? They had taken Jesus for granted. Did you know, sometimes we take for granted what we're most familiar with. Now, consider this. Somebody wants to get married, and I'm going to pick on Sherry as much as I can because I like to pick on my siblings-in-law. I didn't grow up with siblings. So now I have siblings-in-law. I like to pick on them. But Sherry's going to get married soon, and she and Andrew are just madly in love. You know? But that's going to go away, Sherry. No, I'm just kidding. No, it, it shouldn't. It, sh- it shouldn't. But, you know, you, you and your spouse are just madly in love, and you can't wait to spend the rest of your lives together. But, but it will invariably happen at some point you will take for granted your spouse. I have the best wife in the world, but I know I take her for granted sometimes. I mean, the house is always spotless. And you know what? Three little kids who are little cyclones in and of themselves going around the house all the time, it's amazing that she stays on top. Honestly, it really is amazing. But if I'm not careful, I can uh, have an entitled, uh, deserving attitude, and I will find the one thing that's wrong, and I hope I'm not alone here, but think about it. Don't testify. That's fine. But I'll find the one thing that's wrong, and I will take for granted something that's so familiar. They didn't believe that Jesus was the bread of life. They couldn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God because they were so familiar with Jesus. This happened a lot. John 7, 27, how be it we know this man whence he is. But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. They thought it was going to be some mysterious thing out there somewhere. John 4, 44, Jesus himself testified, a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Go over to Matthew 30, or excuse me, Matthew 13. This will be the last place I have you turn. 
Matthew 13. And this is one of the most tragic places in the Bible. I think I've showed it to you before. But Matthew 13, Jesus went back to Nazareth where he grew up to preach, where they knew Jesus. Now look, for somebody not to believe Jesus, was it anything that Jesus had done to make them not believe? No, Jesus is well worthy of our belief and our confidence. And yet only because they were familiar with Jesus, they were taking him for granted. John uh, 13, 53, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue and so much that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man, this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? By the way, he wasn't, he was the son of God. Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And here's the verse that's so sad. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It reminds me of those people in Numbers. The children of Israel, God had planned for Israel to go to the promised land. They were going there eventually, but this generation that said, no, God can't, we can't, we're terrified, we're not going to do it, we're going to murmur against God, that generation, God said, okay, children of Israel, you're going, but not you. It's going to be a 40-year waiting period. And God was bringing the gospel to everyone, to the Jewish people and the Gentile people, but he couldn't do many mighty works in Nazareth. Why? Because a geography problem or, or a time of year or the, there was the COVID out there. No, it was because these people in Nazareth did not believe. And why? Because they were convincing themselves they had a good reason not to because they were familiar with Jesus. It's really a tragic thing. I skipped over in Numbers, but a little bit later, after the story I just told you about, they couldn't go to the promised land, some people rose up. I think I put the, the chapter in your notes maybe, but they rose up and Korah led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron because they didn't appreciate the Aaronic priesthood. Everybody in Aaron's line would be the priest there at that time. They said, no, no, we need to be the priest too. And God, you know what he did? You know the story? He opened up the earth and swallowed them. <laughs> he literally opened up the earth. What, what chapter is that? You got, did I put that in your notes? You got to read that later. But no, number 16. Uh, number 16, 11 says, For which cause God, uh, both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? And God despised that rebellion so much that he made the whole earth to swallow these people that were, that were associated with Korah, and then fire to fall from heaven on other people. Then the next chapter, or later in that same chapter, you read it later, that, just read Numbers tonight, okay? In Numbers 16, uh, some people still were mad that that happened. They're blaming Moses for what God had done. And God said, okay, and sent a plague. And how many, what, 14,700 people were killed in that plague. And then finally they, they backed off. And then the next chapter, you ever heard of uh, Aaron's rod that budded, one of the things in the Ark of the Covenant? Well, the next chapter, God legitimized or, or, or put his stamp of approval so everybody could see on, on the priesthood of Aaron, everybody grabbed a staff, only Aaron's budded and had almonds on it. And so it was a miracle. He said, put that in the Ark of the Covenant. So when, he said, those rebels uh, think that way again, they'll be reminded, they'll remember. God, anyways, God hates murmuring. He hates it. He hates it so much. Now, just real practically, I'm talking about a family. Murmuring can just tear that apart, tear that apart. Murmuring can tear a church apart. It can't, and it's, it's just not helpful and it's not necessary. Again, this is not reactive, okay? So if you think I'm talking about you, maybe I should be, okay? But I don't know of anybody, all right? He's talking about me, he knows. Maybe I do. No, I don't. I really don't. Uh, but but murmuring, murmuring will, will, will tear it apart. And murmuring is always based on a low confidence level in what God is doing. Look, there will always be things to complain about. Those 10 men that went into uh, promised land to spy it out, did they tell any lies? 
No, but their confidence in what God had planned was very, very low. But Caleb had another spirit. He said, it can be done. It can be done. I, I know of a couple of churches uh, talking about taking uh, things familiar for granted where somebody who grew up in that church actually pastors that church now. And uh, they go off to Bible college and then, and then came back. And I was thinking about that, reading this, and it's not impossible for that to happen. He, they're doing really well, a couple of churches that I, I'm aware of. And you know what I was thinking? Wouldn't it be cool for uh, a pastor, a future pastor of this church to be uh, a little boy that's growing up in this church right now. Wouldn't that be something? That would be awesome. I think that would be so cool. A little boy who grows up and goes to Bible college, maybe does some other things, assistant pastor or something, comes back and is a pastor of this church. And it, it speaks a lot to those churches I, I mentioned that, well, one, it speaks a lot to that pastor. He had a good enough testimony growing up. I don't know if I could pastor the church I grew up in. Maybe I could now. Some of the teachers have moved on that, in that Christian school, but uh, it would be rough. But it's also a testament to that pastor, but also to that church that they would choose to kind of submit themselves. It would be like you being pastored by somebody like Luke, running around here in diapers, talking about his brontosaurus and licking the floor and stuff, like submitting to that kid later on as a pastor. And that wouldn't come naturally. It really wouldn't. It would only come by submitting to the Spirit of God. And I was also thinking further, like, it, I, it's got to be hard. Now, I've only ever been 31 or younger, but it's got to be hard, I feel like, for a, a you know, a very elderly person in reference to me, relatively to me, to submit themselves to the leadership of a 31-year-old pastor. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. I hope I could. Um, I, I mean, I hope I could. Like, please do. But, um, you know, I, I'm thinking that is not a testament to me. People don't really know me that well. Uh, that's a testament to the people. And not that, you know, yay, good job, Jonathan. But that is a submitting to the Lord, really. And the Lord, it's the Lord's church. You know, I'm here, you're here, somebody else is here, another time, whatever. It's all the Lord's doing. Uh, and it really says a lot about a church that they would say, God, is this the one? Okay, even though, you know, he's a little boy <laughs> to some people. Some of you are more than twice my age. And, uh, and, but, but still, submitting, submitting, even, even so. It really is something. This church this morning, 100% vote for the two deacons, by the way. I mean, that, that really is a blessing. And that says a lot about this church, I think, that they are, God, what is the plan, God? And, and I'm on board. That murmuring, it doesn't come from being okay with everything that you see. It comes from seeking God. The closer you get to God and his word, the longer you spend in here, that another spirit you'll get. And that murmuring will just go out the window. Is that my wrap-up music? It's the Oscars. Like, all right. No, 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 I think it is about time, 530. I think I've said what I need to say. When we have faith, we don't murmur. Let's pray.